2: Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Welcome in, Jeff Duncan, columnist for the Times, Picayune, and NOLA.com. How you been, Jeff? Steve, I'm doing good, man. How you all doing tonight?
0: Doing great, Jeff. You're always (laughs) a man of wisdom. And I know uh, how you keep it real. Uh, Now, how realistic it is uh, that the Saints, I think Luke Johnson, uh, your partner in crime, uh, said that all of a sudden uh, we're going beyond next year. We're trying to help with the Saints salary cap, uh, you know, and then we always play those games uh, year in and year out uh, well, with the Saints and the salary cap. But uh, e- explain to the fans, the who that nation, what this means if we're restructuring Derek Carr. Because I, I said, I, I, no, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. I said if we would stay uh, to his original contract, he's definitely the quarterback for next year. I don't know about after that, but if they restructured the deal, he's our quarterback for the next two years. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yeah, Bobby, you're, you're spot on. That's why it's such significant news. I think everyone was waiting to see what the Saints were going to do. And and look, the devil is in the details, right? We, we have to see how this deal is restructured, But if you look at the existing contract right now, the Saints uh, have an out clause. They could could walk away from his contract after the 2024 season and be in in really good shape cap-wise. But if they go into the deal and restructure it and, and as we all say, kick the can down the road, they're probably going to be married to him through at least, I think, the 2025 season. And that's somewhat surprising to me just because I I would think anybody would look at his season this past year and say it was mixed results. Uh, You know, he was, his overall numbers look good on paper, but I think when it it came against the elite competition or, uh, you know, situational football, Bobby, you know, red zone, third down, those things were not up to par for what they are paying him. So uh, it's a little bit surprising, but I think a lot of it has to do frankly guys with, their salary cap situation, it's a pretty dire situation.
0: Well, uh, Jeff, I look at it, I don't know if that's the right term. That might be too harsh, like garbage yards or, or meaningless yards. I mean, uh, I wasn't even in town, uh, but like Jim Everett. Uh, the game's out of hand, and all of a sudden, oh, he had, if you didn't watch the game, he had a pretty good game. Look what he threw for. But it was freaking garbage yards. The game was not on the line. It didn't even matter at the end. I think that's what some fans, when they look at Derek Carr, but I look at Holly closed out the season and what he did. I think Mickey Loomis uh and Dennis Allen, they bank it on that. That he'll build upon that. Now, uh, uh Jeff, uh that hour long Mickey Loomis press conference, uh, I mean I didn't see you there. I guess you're on vacation. I don't know, you might have been in Europe or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: you uh, knew where I was at, Bobby? You
0: know where I was at where are you I at? at the,
2: I was at that was the day of the Hall of Fame selection committee meeting, so oh. I was I was oh, tied up with that, trying to get Jerry Evans in oh, the Hall of Fame. Well, that, that's a good excuse.
0: That, that's a good excuse, so uh, we'll give you a pass on that, Jeff. But, uh, like, when Mickey kind of told me, and I was like, there's no way. I mean, I was like, uh, come on, that's a bunch of BS. He's like, no, we're going to hire an offensive coordinator that we want. Considering what they got invested in uh, uh, Derek Carr, and we even talked to Drew Brees yesterday uh, for half an hour. No, the quarterback is involved. Who he wants, particularly if you're the starting quarterback, who they're counting on, don't it has to go hand in hand that the offensive coordinator relationship you have. So whoever we do sign as the OC, uh, that Derek Carr has to have approval. Well, wouldn't you say? I mean, to me, that's like common sense, and that Derek yeah. Carr would be all on board, right? Yeah, and look,
2: Drew said that to, to us today. I talked to him today as well, and he said they have to have him involved and. I think what we're seeing here, guys, is the Saints are all in on Derek Carr, for better or worse, right? I mean, put put uh, Dennis Allen and Derek Carr on the cover of ESPN Magazine in the wedding dress. In the wedding dress and, <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what we're seeing here. I mean, and basically, they've backed him publicly, as you stated, Bobby, at the press conferences, and they've they backed him privately. People don't know this. I mean, I've kind of written some of this, but anybody that hasn't been on board with Derek Carr or who they perceive as undermining him in the locker room or trying to divide the locker room, they've either been shown the door already or they're on their way out of here. So wow. like they're in on Derek Carr, this, this is their guy. And if you're not on board, you're not rowing the boat in the same direction and with the same uh, effort, uh, you're moving on. And so this, they're either going to sink or swim or where they say ride or die with <laughs> Derek Carr. So yeah, you,
0: so that means Michael Thomas. I was going to say, after those
2: tweets uh, from Thomas, uh, we're not going to uh, see like him back. That,
0: no, uh, June 1st, whatever it comes about, uh, he, he's gone. He, he's gone. Uh, but but, uh, but listen, uh, with Michael Thomas, uh, you can't take away what he did in a Saints uniform as far as being NFL offensive player of the year. But the best thing, you know how uh, Saints fans, I think that's why we appreciate uh, Cam Jordan, even though he might have had an offseason that he was always available, so then you can be held accountable. With Michael Thomas, you know what's a bunch of BS, Jeff? I can tell you this. You know Eric Morton? I play with Eric Morton, and he would tell me, now here's a tough receiver. He's running a slant route. He goes, "He goes, hey, Bobby, don't worry about that uh, that robber guy that, uh coming down and ready to smack me on that slant. I'm going to run him over. No, <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, oh, uh, the, the quarterback set me up. He threw a bad pass, so I got hurt. I think that's what your BS of Michael Thomas w- was saying that oh he got hurt because the quarterback uh, didn't throw uh, the right ball. Uh t- to me uh that th- that was not a that was not a good statement. I mean uh, yeah. th- 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 I I didn't like that at all.
2: Yeah, I think I think the writing's on the wall for for Mike T and look I think it's pretty clear he's frustrated. Uh you know, he was on heck he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory early in his career, right, he was setting unprecedented records here. And then it just got derailed by a series of injuries. And then he came back this past year, guys. And, you know, he signed that incentive-laden deal. And you know what that's like, Bobby. I mean, it's all on the line. You got to produce on the field. Right. You got to put up numbers. And he gets hurt. He didn't, didn't have the numbers to get any of those incentives. He's probably not going to get a bigger contract now on the open market. So I think just all this frustration's piled up for him. He, he thought it was going to be a big year with their car, and it didn't turn out that way.
0: Now, uh, now this is a different topic, uh, Jeff, because I know you have an opinion. Uh, you look at Chauncey Garner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce, and, and all of a sudden uh, with the Lions, uh, we all know what he did with the Eagles and then uh, his availability. You know, he led the, uh, the league in interceptions, then he goes uh, to the Lions. But, but, but then he starts uh, the, the talking uh, smack. I mean, uh, the, the Chauncey Gardner, it's not like he was so dominant against Debo Samuel. Uh, the, and then all of a sudden, he's missing tackles. But uh, to me, he, he, he could get run over and not make a play, and he's still confident that I'm the man. Uh, th- th- Doesn't it seem like that's his personality? And whether he's uh, challenging uh, – uh, Michael uh, Thomas is like, oh, slant boy, and all, oh, what are you going to do this and that, and all, oh, and uh, locker room. I mean, I think we need more alpha dogs like that within the Saints locker room. Now, you want to balance, you know, an upstanding citizen on and off the field, but sometimes I think that you have individual players, they're just trying to get along instead of uh, – uh, I don't know, sometimes you have to have a few outlaws as long as they're not getting arrested. There ain't nothing wrong with that uh, when you're playing football.
2: Yeah, Here's what I would say, Bobby, along those lines, and I, I agree with you, and I think that's where they miss Sean Payton more than any, anywhere, right? I mean, he had that swagger, that confidence as a head coach uh, that I think filtered down to the rest of the team and uh you know they don't they're missing that that's not Dennis Allen's personality and, and it certainly wasn't Pete Carmichael's personality as an offensive play caller right uh, that's why i'm somewhat intrigued by I, I know they've got some interest in John Gruden not necessarily to be the offensive coordinator but i think it's someone that would be good in that building for that very reason he he's definitely an alpha he's definitely yes. you know a guy with swagger that would, I think, inject some confidence into this young offense, the skill players there that they're going to be relying on going forward. They need someone like a Sean Payton. Obviously, Sean's not going to be there. So I could see why there might be some interest in Gruden to be on that staff to to bring that to the table.
0: Now, uh, Jeff, I always trust your opinion. You you know uh, all the skins you have on the wall. But I'm telling you right now, uh, now the Saints might not want me to say this. This being Mickey Loomis or Dennis Lauscher or Ms. Gale and everything. But I'm telling you, if you could say in 2024, 20, uh, even 25, I'm even going like that the next couple of years. If we could do what, uh, whatever you done for me lately, if we could do what Tampa Bay has done, even you look uh, passing the torch Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, the Saints would accept that. Okay, now I have to explain this. I'm not saying you're going to be the ultimate champion in winning a Super Bowl, but look how we whipped the Tammy Buccaneers behind at the end of the season, but look where they were where they were at. They win the NFC South. They host the playoff game, they win in the final four. Now, uh, that that was, a, that was an impressive game. They didn't beat Detroit, but they were right there. I'm telling you right now, the Saints would take that uh, in a New York uh, second or minute, however you describe it, that they would do that. If you could tell me the Saints next year and the year after, you win the division and you get the host a playoff game and you win, and you get an opportunity to go to NFC Championship. It doesn't mean you're on the level of the 49ers or whoever's representing the NFC. No, but winning the division, definitely the goal every year. No, no, but, but, I'm, I'm, but oh, you truly have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, who you consider the best of the best? I think just what Tampa Bay has accomplished, you, you look, uh, Tom Brady, post Tom Brady. Right. That, uh, I, I think the Saints organization, look at the fan base, would be willing to accept that. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yeah, Bobby. Look, I think the Bucks pulled off what the Saints have been trying to do. <laughs> and that is kind of reset, but then still be competitive at the same time in the post Tom yes. Brady era and the post Drew Brees era, right? They're both doing the same thing. They're resetting the roster, trying to go younger. And the the best thing that the Bucks did, not only were they able to get younger on the roster, I think at one time they had like 19 first or second year players on the, you know, on the team, but they also shed a ton of cap space. So they're in a really good position now having won the division like you said, Bobby, won a playoff game, they're going to have to re-sign Baker Mayfield probably to a much more lucrative deal but they're going to pay him a fraction of what the saints are paying Derek Carr. And they're getting every bit of the production. I would say even better production at quarterback. So, you know, if you're a saints fan, I can see why you're frustrated. The reset plan, the saints had didn't work. They didn't go all young. So really what's the vision for the future here? It's, it actually looks a little bleaker going forward than it, than it has been the last couple of years. So, I think a lot of the anxiety and frustration we're hearing from the fans is because they know it could get worse before it gets better.
0: Well, uh, Jeff, the only thing I could say uh, is the whole thing with the NFC South, whether it's Atlanta or the Saints, the strength of schedule, uh, it's still going to be amongst the weakest in the NFL. But then I think uh, you play in the AFC West, better quarterbacks. So that comes into play. I mean, that's why I I still, uh, it's mind boggling. How in the hell we didn't get to double-digit wins, considering when you were playing certain teams, uh, whether it was the Bears or the Vikings, who in the hell we playing a quarterback? The astronaut? I mean, uh, the, <laughs> and then who we playing? Uh, the, the guy with the Bears, uh, B- Bajin, Bajin, right. uh, whatever. It's not. would be Justin Fields. And it, so you look at those different uh, scenarios. And uh, to me, it was so frustrating how – and, uh, Jeff, do you think uh, – this is the question I have. You know, I'm going off on a tangent. Okay, this is the question I have. We were 2-0, and and it doesn't matter when you play a team. When we played the Packers and we're up 17-0, to a 17-point lead, I should say, with, with, with uh, 12 minutes left, and we lost to Green Bay. Because you look at Jordan Love at the beginning uh, towards the back end of the season, that was two different cats. <laughs> that, 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 that was a different team. So uh, – uh, do, do you think right then, okay, that's just one game. You can analyze a bunch of games. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, you start out 3-0 and you beat the Packers. All of a sudden, you double digits, and maybe you have an opportunity to be where Tampa Bay was at in the postseason.
2: Yeah, but here's the other thing, Bobby, and I think this is a fair assessment. Uh, when they stepped up in class, when they played the Rams, the you know the Lions, the Jaguars, you know, some of those teams, the, the Texans, they really weren't very competitive. I mean, I agree. they really weren't. I mean, they, I had a stat at one point, Bobby. They they they'd only led like in those five games for like two minutes in, of the entire time of five games against playoff teams. I mean, that's just not competitive. And and you know how it works, Bobby. And some of it's fool's gold, right? When when you get behind the way the Saints did against the Lions and some of these games. The other team's just managing the clock at that point. But you're, their opponent is the clock, not you. They're letting you do those garbage yards like you're talking about at right. quarterback for Carr. They're letting him throw underneath. They, they're fine with that. So it's a little bit fool's gold if it ends up 33 to 25. You really weren't in that game. And I just feel like until they, you know, stop diluting themselves on airline drive that they're that close, because I think they're further away than they believe – and I think it was pretty evident this year when they stepped up.
0: Now, uh, Jeff, I-, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. You can uh, tell me. Bob, I, don't, I think the game has changed. Uh, we're now well into the 21st century, and you look at this decade. But I still think. I mean, I look at the 49ers, how they're structured. Now, I know Christian McCaffrey's a different cat and all that. But, I mean, can you run the football, and can you stop the run? I mean, I don't know if the 49ers could stop the run. Uh, they, they got kind of humbled uh, when you look at uh, what happened in the postseason. I mean, uh, the, the 49ers uh, were getting gash. I mean, uh, when you look at uh, the, the 49ers and uh, what they did against the Lions that first half, they were, what? They were getting mauled. Now, they they found out uh, they are able to win the game. Green Bay ran on them. Detroit ran on them. But I still think. To me, the number one thing, uh, Jeff, you might think this, uh, Bobby, uh, maybe you're overthinking this. But all I know is if you just do this one thing, and you might think now, the one thing we're able to take away the football, uh, you look at the, the turnover margin. But the one thing you cannot give up is some simple as this you cannot give up four and a half yards a run and then only getting uh, three and a half yards or less in the run. You might think that's, oh, no, Bobby, the game has changed much more than that. But i am telling you now, one thing, if that doesn't change, we ain't winning Jack.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. they got to fix the running game. To me, this offensive coordinator hire is the most important hire they've made in a position coach or, or a staff coach since Sean Payton hired Greg Williams in 2009 to be the coordinator. Uh, I think they've got to hit on this, and it's got to be someone that can improve the running game. And that's why the The Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay tree is so attractive because they're so good at running the ball. And I know they didn't run it. The 49ers haven't run it that well so far in the playoffs. But, you know, just historically, Shanahan's that's his strength. And the Saints running game, Bobby, the running game has been terrible. I mean, and I think they have to make a real hard, take a real hard look. And this might shock some some of your listeners. But I think they have to look at Alvin Kamara. I mean, his numbers. Are way down. Uh, he had his longest yard, he, his longest run this year, 17 yards. He has lacked explosiveness now for two years. And if you look at the analytics on Alvin Kamara, Bobby, yards a- after contact, you know expected yards, you know which factors in bad blocking, uh, you, you know all those numbers, he's near the bottom of the league. I mean, he's below guys like Ezekiel Elliott, who the Cowboys moved on from because he can't make anybody miss. So that's that's a serious, I think, issue that this team has to look at. Always great info, Jeff. Thank you for the time. Have a good one, my man.
0: All right, Jeff, you're the man. Thanks, guys. See you soon, bud. Take care.
2: Jeff Duncan, columnist for the times Pick u NOLA.com. Also, the author of Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.